Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19. Uh, we've got two more verses I want to look at, two or three verses, uh, with the account that we've covered the last couple episodes. But today I want to go over to Mark to uh, uh, really remind us of what we've seen in Matthew 19. In other words, it's a cross-reference, an account of the same event. It's got one little nuance with it that helps to understand. And then we'll jump back to Matthew where we can get a bigger picture of what the Lord has revealed in His Word about this account. So we're actually in the 10th chapter of Mark today, beginning with verse 1, and it says this. Getting up, he, and that's Jesus, went from there to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. Crowds gathered around him again, and according to his custom, he once more began to teach them. Now, folks, there's so much to be gleaned and learned and understood right there from that simple statement that is really just sort of pushing the story along and pressing the narrative along. There is much more. Notice how the crowds gathered around him. Now, why were crowds gathering around Jesus? Well, from what we've seen in Matthew already, right? He had been uh, uh, teaching them. He had been feeding them, right? He had been healing them. It's all these things <coughs> that we see that we as the body of Christ are supposed to be doing. Huh. But sadly, we as the body of Christ spend most of our time trying to get people to come and be a crowd with us rather than doing the things that the Lord told us to do in the manner which the Lord has told us. That's important. Okay, We're not to feed the poor. We're not to do all this stuff that we're supposed to do in the power of the flesh, but we're to do it in the power of the Spirit. And if we do things the way that the Lord tells us to do things, the crowds will come to Him, not to us. But notice what Jesus did. The crowds are gathering around him, and according to his custom, Jesus had a custom. <laughs> and what did he do? He once more began to teach them. It was his pattern and practice to teach. The Most High God empowered him to teach in the same way that the Lord gives a spiritual gifting, spiritual empowerments to those who are true believers today to do that which he has called us to do. Some will teach. Okay, Some will do this. Some will do that. And according to his custom, Jesus did that. We folks are to do likewise. So verse 2, he's teaching. Some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. So you remember now what was going on in Matthew 19. And Jesus answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted, and then they quote the Old Testament, a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. And you can just literally hear the smarminess just dripping off as they're quoting this out of Deuteronomy 24. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. So they're sitting there saying, well, we have scriptural evidence and scriptural support to be able to divorce, to divorce our wives because it says so. Moses lets us do that. And he said, no, no, no. It's because of the hardness of your heart that he wrote you this commandment. Jesus continues, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. 
For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh, so that there are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So we have an account similar to Matthew, what Jesus said. We talked about that earlier. Now verse 10. In the house, the disciples began questioning him about this again. And Jesus said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. So it's the same thing that we see over in Matthew, but we have this little thing where it says that the disciples in the house, so they'd gone from the public arena out there, they'd gone into some house, and the disciples were following up. And Matthew just doesn't give us the account of them relocating like that. It's no big deal. It's not an error or anything like that. No, but we just get a little more insight to the logistics here in Mark. Now let's jump back over to Matthew 19 because Matthew gives us more than Mark does. That's one reason you got to read it all, folks. Verses 10 through 12. Here's verse 10. The disciples said to Jesus, If the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. <laughs> you know, you often sort of chuckle over this thing, you know, because it's like, well, uh, if the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, like, uh, like I've got to be stuck with her forever, uh, maybe it's better that I not marry. Jesus did not argue their point. <laughs> Watch this. Verse 11, and Jesus said to them, not all men can accept this statement but only those to whom it has been given. That is really interesting, is it not? Jesus is acknowledging what they said, that, yeah, the relationship is like this. You can't just go around willy-nilly and divorce and divorce and marry and marry and do all this kind of No, you can't do that. And they say, well, if the relationship's like that, if we have to stick this out through thick and thin and you can't divorce them, uh, maybe it's better that we don't marry. Jesus comes along and sort of confirms it, or maybe he does confirm it. He says, not all men can accept this statement. So what's he saying by that? He says, that's an acceptable statement. He says, that's the truth. If you can't uh, be like this, if you cannot be faithful to one woman like this, then it's better that you not marry. Now, he's not saying you go around and live a life of fornication. No, no, no. He's saying not everybody can accept this. Now, watch how he finishes this. Jesus continues to speak, verse 12. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. So what is Jesus saying? He's acknowledging that the relationship between man and wife is like this, and you don't divorce. The disciples say, well, if it's like that, it's better not to marry and they're also bringing forth the idea that, you know, this commits you to a certain kind of life and a certain thing. And Jesus is saying, you know, you're absolutely right. He says there's different forms of eunuchs. There are some that are eunuchs because they were that way from their, uh, when they were born. Okay? They were born that way. There's others that man has made them eunuchs. They're unable to reproduce now. But he says there's others who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. There's others who could have taken a wife, could have raised up a family, but they did not for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And they wanted to uh, live the type of life where they would not be distracted by the cares and concerns that you have, which are good. There's nothing wrong with them, but with a family. So Jesus says, someone who's able to accept this, let him accept it. 
Remember what Jesus said at the beginning, not all men can accept that, but only those to whom it has been given. There are those that it has been given to them, the ability and the empowerment uh, to live a life of singleness, to live a life of celibacy, and to live a life of total dedication to the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about what uh, you see in Catholicism with our, some of our Catholic brothers, because there are Catholic brothers. There's actually some Baptist brothers. There's some Methodist brothers. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about the kind of thing where you sequester yourself away from the world. No, no, no. I'm talking about that the Lord has given them the ability to live and to focus and to dedicate their life for the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So they're not as distracted in raising a family. They're not as distracted in taking care of a spouse. Now, those are wonderful, blessed distractions, are they not? But they are empowered by the Lord himself to live a life this way. And Jesus is saying, you know what? If you've received that empowerment to do that, then accept it and live within that. It's okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Interesting stuff, is it not? Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.